Welcome to the ERMI Podcast. This is Joel Applebaum, Chief Content Officer at ERMI. And for over 40 years, ERMI has been an industry leader in educating and informing construction insurance risk management professionals. In this episode, we're delighted to bring you a snap talk from the ERMI Construction Risk Conference titled, The Abyss, Mental Health, by Taylor Boileau, Project Engineer at Ryan Companies. Taylor offers a frank discussion about mental illness and the effect it has on those who suffer from it. With a engaging personal story and a goal of demystifying and changing the taboo surrounding mental issues, this podcast is a must listen to. Journal entry, September 20th, 2018. I will never escape the abyss. It is the one constant in my life that will one day either kill me or cradle me as I lay dying. It is a place where there is no hope, no future, and no escape. There are days when the weight of the darkness pins you down and you cannot move. (laughs) You merely sit, unable to stand, to eat, to even think. I will never escape the abyss. So why fight? I wrote this entry eight months before I considered taking my own life. My name is Taylor Boylo, and I'm speaking to you today because suicide is the problem our society refuses to acknowledge. Moments ago, I told you that I had come close to taking my own life. What was your reaction? If you're like most people, your stomach began to churn, your shoulders tensed, and you want to exit out of my video. But the fact that you're still listening means that you can be part of the solution. Our industry has a massive problem. Our workers are four times more likely to die by suicide than on a construction site, and we don't talk about it. We need change. We need to destigmatize mental health. And that starts with each and every one of you having an uncomfortable conversation. Because small acts multiplied by millions has the potential to transform our world. And perhaps together we can shine a light into the abyss. Growing up, I was a rock band playing, school loving kid who ran around barefoot through the backyard with her friends. There was nothing too extraordinary about my childhood. As I grew older, I had some relatives pass away, but I got through those rough times with my family. Growing up, there was no indication that the abyss was looming just beyond the horizon. But then I moved away to university and the ground fell out from beneath my feet. The world around me was cloaked in darkness and the person I once was drained away I was dealing with the loss of a family friend while trying to navigate my new life from the pit of the abyss. I had no idea what was happening to me. My only solution was to put on a mask so that no one would wonder what was wrong. I would talk to everyone about anything and smile until my cheeks hurt. But the second they walked away, my face would fall and the abyss would consume me. I would sit for hours on end in my bedroom, staring at my poster-covered walls, not doing, not thinking, just breathing. 
until something like the need for food would force me to move. I resigned myself to the fact that I would never escape. And nobody even knew I was trapped. The reality is nearly half of the US population will experience some form of mental illness in their lifetime. And yet we live in a society where mental illness is something to be ashamed of, something to be hidden. It forces half of the population to hide an illness that affects every aspect of their life. All because our society believes that mental illness is a personal failure rather than a disease. But these illnesses are as real as cancer. There is a biological reason for why people suffer from them and denying this reality and associating a stigma with it can actually lead to increased suicides. During university, the only people who knew I was suffering were those I chose to tell. To any onlooker, I was a straight A student, captain of an all-female bridge team and vice president of my school's ASCE chapter. It wasn't until I was sitting in a lecture my senior year in psychology that I realized the extent to which my symptoms lined up with the diagnostic criteria for depression. It was as if I found the map to my abyss. It did not lift the darkness, nor did it show me how to escape, but I finally felt like the darkness wasn't my fault. That I wasn't lazy for not being able to get out of bed in the morning. That I wasn't antisocial for blowing off my friends to stare at walls. That I wasn't crazy for thinking about stepping in front of a car as I waited for the walk sign to appear. A glimmer of hope had appeared in the distance, but as quickly as it appeared, it was extinguished and I plunged even deeper into the abyss. We need to talk about mental illness because suicide is directly correlated to it. 90% of people who die by suicide have a diagnosable mental illness. What pushes these people to the edge is a combination of their illness, their circumstances, and more often than not, a split second decision. Throughout the downward spiral towards suicide, intervention is possible and life-saving. But many people don't reach out for fear of retaliation from peers, employers, family members, and even insurance companies. Or perhaps like me, they didn't know what was going on. As the downward spiral continues, there's a decrease in willingness to reach out for help when they need it most. Because these people feel as if they are a burden and as if there's no escape. I was pulling 18 hour days on my capstone project. I was arguing with my friends who were also working with me on it because of our lack of sleep and stress. My aunt passed away. One week after the peak of the craziness, I got my first job and it all stopped. For years, I had filled my life with chaos because it distracted me from my prison and made the darkness temporarily recede. Chaos was my coping mechanism and it was gone. I would sit at my desk watching the minutes tick by and my mind began to play games with me. I began to contemplate all the ways I could kill myself. 
The only way I can explain it is that it's like daydreaming, except you're living a nightmare. Normal people daydream about supper and when they're gonna get home and see the kids, I would think about the pills in my bathroom cabinet. All I wanted to go do was go home to my mom and my dad and get the help I so desperately needed. But my mind kept telling me that I was a burden and that they'd be better off without me. It was a split second decision. I got home from work one day. I went to the bathroom and I grabbed the pills. I don't know what happened or came over me, but it was as if I was sleepwalking. I suddenly woke up. I dropped the pills. And I fell to the bathroom floor sobbing. Suicide doesn't just happen out of the blue. Everyone has a different threshold. And the more risk factors you have, the more, the higher your threshold is, or the closer you are to your threshold. Some risk factors for suicide include existing mental illness, substance misuse, aggression, impulsivity, family history of suicide, unemployment, lack of support system or poor support system, shift work, and gender. The construction industry meets almost every one of these risk factors which is why it's no surprise we have the second highest rate of suicide in the nation. I'm not an expert in construction. I have two years of experience, but I'm passionate about this industry and about the men and women who drive it. These are some of the hardest working people in the nation. And if we have the opportunity to save them and their futures, we owe that to them. For four years, I suffered from a severe depression and PTSD and anxiety. The abyss drained me of all hope and tortured me to the point of madness. So why am I sharing with you my diagnosis? Why am I telling you something that I've been told has the potential to ruin my career? Why am I reliving the most terrifying moments of my life with you? Because we need to talk about the darkness that consumes some of our lives. We need to realize that mental illness isn't just people in a psych ward. Mental illness is the invisible intruder that only the person they're robbing can see. We need to shine a light into the abyss by destigmatizing mental health and by having the uncomfortable conversation. But before we can start working on the solutions, we need to understand why our workers are at such high risk. To start with, it's no secret that a majority of the construction industry is composed of men. There are some studies that suggest by age 50, two out of five men will have had suicidal ideation. Men have multiple factors working against them. Due to their biological nature, they are more aggressive and impulsive. They are less likely to identify depressive symptoms and more likely to cope with substances. Substances combined with a pre-existing mental illness can be deadly. And to make matters worse, when men attempt suicide, they are two times more likely to choose highly lethal means and complete the suicide. To make matters worse, the construction industry reinforces these stereotypes and this needs to change. Because in addition to all of these risk factors, 
The construction industry leads many people through periods of isolation where they lack a support network, as well as periods of time where they are either unemployed or working on shift work. The construction industry is basically a superstorm where lightning is bound to strike, but we have the ability to change that. We have the ability to create an accepting environment where mental health is talked about. It's not going to be easy, but it's necessary. We need to start having these uncomfortable conversations. We need to start talking about mental health, not only with our coworkers, but on the construction site. So what do these uncomfortable conversations look like? It could be talking to your coworker about mental health. It could be asking someone how they genuinely are doing after they say, oh, I'm just fine. I'm just tired. Or it could be having the uncomfortable conversation with yourself about where your mental health is really at. This is only the first step on the climb out of the abyss. Eventually, we need to be posting suicide prevention lines on our trailers, talking about it at orientation and giving toolbox talks about this. We need to get our people the resources they deserve. Because when we start talking about mental health and mental illness, we can get to people before suicide even enters the realm of possibility. And we can save those who get to that point. When I considered suicide, I reached out to my father who, because of an uncomfortable conversation like this one, was able to listen to me and to direct me towards my EAP. When I spoke to my EAP, they got me the resources I needed and they got me home to my parents. I still suffer from mental illness, but I'm walking alongside the abyss instead of living in it. I don't have all the answers and no individual will. We need to work together as an industry to save our people. Today I shared with you my story because I can't expect you to have the uncomfortable conversation unless I'm willing to do the same. But now it's your turn. Go and have that uncomfortable conversation because small acts multiplied by millions has the potential to transform our world. And together we can save our industry from the abyss. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe to Ermi Podcast in your podcast app to be notified of new episodes on construction risk topics.